All right, maybe we're already on. Let's turn in your Bible with me this morning to the book of John. We're River Church. We're in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And we're ministering on a subject that's quite provocative called Qualified to Receive It All Now. Could you point to yourself and put an I'm in front of it and say, I'm qualified to receive it all now. Let's do it again. I'm qualified to receive it all now. We live in a religious culture that is built by and driven by performance. You're good when you do good things, and you're bad if you do bad things. How good are you? You'll go to heaven. How bad are you? You'll go to hell. It's just completely based on what you do. Well, you know, I'm doing things better now than I used to because I didn't know better back then. Maybe I should have. I'm sure I should have. But I didn't know. So I didn't do a lot of things that I could have done. But now I know, and I'm doing them. Well, we've got to keep on that track right there. The, uh, the Lord Jesus in John, let me, let me find it. John chapter 16, a verse you know well, but it says in verse uh, 23. Let's, let's jump way up there and say that. It's a red letter, and it's, the Lord Jesus said, In that day ye shall ask me nothing. So he's talking about a day. Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, and here it is, Whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Now, isn't that an amazing? How about if a billionaire came up to you and said, I just signed this check. It's good. Just fill in whatever you want. My, my accountant will cover it. Wow. You go, that's, that's so unrealistic. That so couldn't happen. That's so out of line. Whatever you ask shall ask the Father in my name. He will give it to you. It's so unbelievable that it's unbelievable. But it is. But you have to work. You have to grow. You have to let the light shine to get to that place. In other words, this is the mark of where we're going, even if we're not there now. He's given us a goal, a, a mark that says, you, you've tapped into some things when you can ask the Father, what did he say? Whatever you shall ask the Father in my name. Now that is where he says we're going. Even if you're not willing to, or you're condemned, or it doesn't feel like it, or whatever. He says, until then, you're still working on stuff. I'm working on stuff, how about you? Where I believe I receive every time when I pray, whatsoever I shall ask the Father. That's, that's big. I think it is. Verse 24, hitherto, until now, have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. The Lord likes us happy. And so down in verse 33, he sums it up. We skipped some, but he sums it up, and he says, These things I have spoken unto you. Well, we just read the things that he's spoken to us. That in me ye shall have peace. The word is shalom, or a derivative of that, means prosperity as well. In the world ye shall have tribulation. Let's put that in first person and just repeat it. In the world I shall have tribulation. Again, in the world I shall have tribulation. I think y'all trailed off on me. But be of good cheer, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Say it with me. He has overcome the world. Well, then in Matthew 28, he said, well, because I've overcome the world, you go and walk that out. Do what I said you could do with me, my name, my word. What's, whatever you ask the Father in my name. 
Be of good cheer. Be of peace because it'll be no problem. Uh, James 1 and verse 2 says, My brethren, now listen to this. I'll just read it. My brethren, count it all joy. When? On birthday, Christmas, and promotion. He said, No, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. The word there literally means tests. Knowing, knowing this, you can count it all joy because you know this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. So here's two scriptures, and there's many, that says we're going to have trouble in the world. Now here, let me, let me sum it up to you, because I think this will help us all. The problem is not that there are problems. The problem is not. What is the problem? Well, it's not that I have problems. That's not the problem. That I have troubles, I have problems, I have tribulations, that's not a problem. Would we agree so far? The problem is expecting that there will be no problems. That is a problem. Do you know those people? They are expecting problems. They get a letter from the IRS and bang, they've nailed it. They've spoken to it. They've, they've given it life to come after and, and garnish their wages or whatever, you know. So the problem is not that there are problems. The problem is expecting there will be no problems. The problem is that having problems is now the problem. Well, that person's always got a problem. If he's always, if, if having a problem is having a problem, you're always going to have problems. So the problem is not having problems. That is unregenerate sinner man thinking. That is their reality. Every day I get up, they say, I face problems. Well, so do we. I'm not unregenerate. I'm not a sinner. But I face problems. But it's not a problem. Why is it not a problem? I'm the born-again man. You're the born-again man. And I am a problem solver. I win over problems. That's what I do. If you have a Phillips screw and you're wanting to put it into a board, guess what you go get? You go get a Phillips screwdriver. If you come out with some Torx or straight blade, you'll be there tomorrow trying to get that little puppy in that piece of plywood. But if you come out with the right tool, done. The problem is not having problems. But think about most Christians. I got problems. Me and Deborah Ann, when we watch TV sometimes or we see what people are going through, we look at each other and say, we have no problems. We have no troubles. Because th there's really troubles out there, and, and you and I have none of them. We can get in our car. All of us have a car to go get in and drive out of our driveway of our house and go anywhere we want to and go down to Dairy Queen and buy the extra large uh, uh, cone. Do y'all do that sometimes? That'll solve pro some problems that you didn't even know you had. You just go down there. You have to eat it real fast because it's trying to slobber down on your cone and into your lap and everything. So you're just eating that thing. I don't know if y'all relate to that, but uh, that's happened to me before. The problem is not having problems. It's wrong to say, I'm born again. The Lord took away all problems. I have no problems. That's not, that's not scripture. That's not doctrine. We're in the world. We're not of it, but we are in the world. And in the world, Jesus said, you will have tribulation. So what did he say in John 10.10? 10? He said, well, 
The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life. We could also say it, the thief comes with problems, but I have come too. Is that a difference? When Jesus said, you got problems? I'm here. Well, most people, that's like, I'm already going to heaven. That's the only thing you're for. That's the only thing you, that I need you for is to go to heaven. But no, he, he is the tool in your hand, as if you can say that without being naughty. But he said, I've come too. You got problems? I'm here. Oh, that's the, that's the problem solver. So it's how you think. Is it me, little old me? I'm in the world, a mean world, a, a wild-eyed world, a, a, a terrible world, a problem-ridden world. And so I got problems because I'm in the world. Well, no, I'm in the world, but I'm not of this world. I'm a problem solver. I solve problems. And if you find out who you really are in the Lord Jesus, that's what you're doing here on the earth, is you're solving problems. Now, if you've got so many problems yourself that you're loaded down, you're, you can't help anybody. I'd love to come help you, but I don't, I don't feel good, and I don't have gas money, and, and I, I... No. That's what prosperity is for, is for you and me to go and solve problems. That's what health is for, is for you and me to go and solve problems. And then they look at you and say, how come you solve problems? You don't have any and you solve mine. Well, it's the greater one in me. Matter of fact, I looked up scriptures. I just started thinking of scriptures and there is a bucket of them. In 2 Corinthians 2.14, the word says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Always causes me to triumph. I am a problem solver. Not because I'm smart, because I got the mind of Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Well, you know, the flesh is where all the problems are. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not natural. They're not worldly, but mighty through God. And then he goes on and talks about strongholds and, and taking captive uh, into obedience, captive every thought. So we walk in the flesh. We do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Woohoo, I'm a winner. Problems are not my problem. Figuring out how to solve the problem, because there is a solution. Uh, the contemporary of that says, I'm grateful that God always makes it possible for Christ to lead me to victory. Always makes it possible. Always makes it possible. That would be some of the time, a lot of the time. Most of the time or all the time. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. You know this one. It says, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory. Giveth us the victory. He's giving us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I have the victory. Amen. You got problems? I don't know. I can't tell. But I've got the victory. I know that part. And so there'll be new problems tomorrow. There'll be two new things to contend with. There'll be more things that I'll have to fix and line up and get past, but he always gives me the victory. Uh, Ephesians 3.20, ah, you talk about a problem-solving scripture. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all the problems I have that I could either ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Where's that power? It's right here. 
Oh, I got to go to church and I got to get in my closet. I got to get under the bed and start asking God how he's going to solve these problems according to the power that worketh in you. I am a problem solver. Are y'all here? Uh, Ephesians 6.13. Ah, you know this one. Now take unto you the whole armor of God. Well, what would I do with that? That ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. In the evil day. The evil day is the problem day. Romans 8.37 says, In all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Doesn't sound like we've got problems. Sounds like we're problem solvers, that we, we whoop up on what's not right. If it comes into our atmosphere, into our lane, into our, our point of influence, we're going to solve that problem. We're going to fix it. We're going to straighten it out. If it takes money, we've got it. If it takes energy, we've got it. If it takes wisdom, right here it is. Well, I wouldn't want to think I had wisdom to solve problems. Well, be a dud out. Be, I'm going to put on the mind of Christ. I'm going to solve every problem. Because every problem has an answer. It just, Jesus has already solved every problem. Y'all help me if you can. He's already, already looked ahead and said, I have an answer for that. But it's hidden within, not hidden from us, but hidden for us. So we just say, Father, how, how do you want to fix this? Or the mind of Christ just rises up and says, I know what to do. I'll cast the devil out or I'll, you know, whatever you'll do. Get them born again. Uh, the 1 Corinthians 13, 8, I looked it up in the Amplified. It says, love never fails. Say it with me. Love never fails. You got problems? Well, we need something that never fails. He went on to say, never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. Love never fails. So if I can't figure out one way, I can always slap a little love on it and fix it. Psalm 89. I went to the Old Testament. Y'all know this one. In verse 19, I, this, is a, this is a get it done scripture. I have laid help on, upon one that is mighty. Now that's talking about David in context. But David was Old Testament. If the Lord's helping anybody, he's helping us now. Hallelujah. I have laid help upon one that is mighty. Mine arm also shall strengthen him. Y'all feel that? Feel these rockets right here. <laughs> uh, the enemy shall not exact upon him, nor the son of wickedness afflict him. Sounds like it's a problem solver. I and I will beat down his foes before his face. You talk about the Lord getting aggressive. He says, if, if they don't bear down, if they don't give up, if they don't surrender with that other stuff, I'll just beat them down. I'll just beat them down. Well, in the New Testament, that means we take authority over the devil. That's what that means. You've got to move from Old Testament to New Testament. It just says, I'll take authority over him in the name of Jesus and beat him down. And I will disarm him, emasculate him, render him helpless, harmless, and ineffective against me. And not only that, I'll step out of my little realm, which is perfect, no problems. No problems. I'll step out of my realm and go help somebody else. I will demonstrate him, the greater one in me. 
That's how we do it. It's not all, you know, Shandai, I cast the devil out of you. And it's not all that. Sometimes it's just problem solving. Guess who always calls you? They mock you. They disdain you. They ignore you. They don't, they disregard your God. They, you know, you go to church, nah, 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 nah. But when they have a problem, guess who they call? Hotline to heaven. I hear about it all the time. They call you, even though it just, it just tears them up to call you. They call and say, I'm in real trouble. And you know they are when they call you. Uh, Psalm 91, y'all like a little Psalm 91? He said, a thousand shall fall at thy side and 10,000 at thy right hand. That sounds like a problem-solving strategy. But it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Ah, we got this. I said, we got this. And then my last one, because there's a gazillion. Psalm 112 says, Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. Is that us? Absolutely. We're in awe. That's what that means. We're in awe. Surely that man that is on all of the Lord. He shall not be moved forever. No problems can move me. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings, means the bad report. His heart is fixed. We do not vacillate. We're not double-minded. My heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. My heart is established. I will not be afraid until I see my desire come upon my enemies, until the problem's solved. Is that what that means? Until the problem solved in me or somebody else, I, I'll see the reward of the wicked. It won't, it won't come near me. So we don't have any problems. Now, how would your life be if you got up tomorrow morning, and we do, we do, and you go, this is a great day. I hadn't even seen it yet. I hadn't even walked into it yet. I don't know who's coming after me. Don't know what the devil set up over here and what weapon he's formed against me here. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. I have a great day. Because greater is he that is in me than everything else. I have a great day. Now, how would your day go if you thought that way when you got up and like, ah, I wonder what's happening at the boss today. He was mad as thunder yesterday, and he's laying in wait for me. It's going to be a bad day, going to be a bad day. And then there's all the mother-in-law jokes. <laughs> That's always a bad day joke. Hallelujah. Uh, so the new birth does not exempt us from problems. Now, you'd be surprised how many Christians or so-called Christians act like that. They say, they say, they say God is in control, which just means that I don't have problems. God's doing something that seems to be not good, and he's calling it good. You know, he took my brother-in-law and drowned him in the lake, and I lost my job, and my little girl has got this, and, you know, we actually went to a funeral where the, the guy said that God's good is not our good. What you say is this man that's in the casket, you say this isn't good, but God calls it good. I mean, you've got to stretch to make God the bad guy without offending him. But he offended me. I stayed in my seat, though, because I had people around me that didn't want me standing up. Hallelujah. So the new birth does not exempt us from the problems. The new birth makes us problem solvers. I am more than a conqueror. I always triumph. Greater is he that is in me. 10,000 may fall here, 1,000 at my right hand, but it will not come near me. There are no problems here. We have no problems. We have, un we have 
unmet situations, but as soon as we meet them, they are solved. Cancer, lose your job, that's not a problem. Oh, they say, but it's stage four. You might have the sniffles, that's stage one. But it doesn't matter. He's, he's solved all the stages. But unless you believe that and act like it, unless you know who you are and you stand where you are, you, you get in your place, I am the problem solver. But for me and for anybody that I attach myself to, your problems are over. It'll change your life. I'm telling you, this changes your life. You know, they say that story. We don't know if it's uh, Smith Wigglesworth, or at least I don't know, or John G. Lake, or if it was, I don't know who it was, that, that uh, woke up, and the devil was there, flaming and all that, and, uh, you know, hissing and whatever, whatever devils do. And, you know, the word that they say that he said was, oh, it's only you, and turned over and went back to sleep. Ah, that's a problem solver right there. You go, well, how, we can't be that way. Sure, it's progressive. You already are in there, but we're working whatever's on the inside to the outside. We're meditating the promises, not meditating the problems. You meditate the problems, whatever you meditate gets bigger. Whatever you, 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 you meditate, oh, I got a good wife. I got a good husband. He is a hot rod. He is a dandy. He is my best friend. It'll, that's what gets bigger. And you go, Lord, this, this woman, what have you done to me? Why, when will you quit being mad at me, this woman, or whatever? You, you, just, you can set your world up any way you want to. And it'll be just like you set it up. Whatever you meditate on is coming. I hope I don't get cancer. I hope I don't get... If you meditate on it, I hope, I hope, I hope. Do you know what's coming? The thing I feared most has come upon me, Job said. This is a good, good word. Yay. So I want to ask you all a question, if I can. It's in Hebrews 10, 24. It says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Can I provoke you this morning? My heart is absolutely right about this. I am not, I do not take shots at other people. I, I just want me fixed. But if I was to provoke you to love and good works, if we're sitting in this church this morning and I have a job, just like you have a job with your children, you have a job with people that are you with, to tell them the truth, to speak the truth in love. But my, my statement would be, is myself included, what makes any of us the exception to believe and act on God's word? Well, we'd all take a, a, a short breath and step back to say, what makes me the exception to not believe these scriptures we just read and to put inside of us the, the mantle, the, the, the axiom that says, I don't have any problems? Well, you'd have to give up your blubbering and your whining and your sniffling and your carrying on and your complaining and your gossip and everything about everything. You'd have to, that stuff would have to be shut off because we don't have any problems. Could I provoke you to love and good works here and just say, we can fix this. 
I can fix this. But not externally, not on the outside. I can't just say, oh yeah, I said I wasn't going to say it. You've got to fix it on the inside. And just said, I just changed. I just changed into what I've always been, the greater one inside of me. I just changed into the one that has the, always causes me to triumph. I just change, you change on the inside, and then that's what emanates out. If you try to put something external on and try to just say, oh, I'm not going to say that anymore. That was the problem with confession all those years, is we wanted people to confess the word. Don't say I'm sick. Don't say uh, I, bad things. But we didn't change it on the inside. We made it all external. We made it a head thing coming out of our mouth instead of changing our heart and coming out of here and changing our life. By his stripes I was healed. We said that, said that, said that out of our head, and it meant nothing. We were mocking ourselves. But once you get a hold of it inside and say, that's who I am, therefore that's what I have, that's what I, therefore what I do, then your words come not out of the head but out of the heart, and it will, it will pave a road for you, make a road for you. It will make what you confess. You'll agree with heaven. Ah, uh, would you turn to Romans chapter 8 with me? What makes you and me, and I, I really do put me in there, what makes us the exception? What makes us exempt? Oh, it's because everybody else does it. Nobody else is, is, uh, is saying, I don't have problems. I'm the problem solver. Therefore, if nobody else is, I feel pretty comfortable being with them and me knocking around a few problems and situations and hard things. That might not fly with the Lord. Y'all think? Everybody in this room is a sinner, therefore it's okay for me to be a sinner. No, we know that won't fly. Well, I don't want to embarrass anybody by speaking in tongues. You better get those tongues out there. The Word actually says that tongues is a sign to the unbelievable. We all run back and say, oh. We, we had a guest uh, just uh, in the last few days, and... and uh, and we, pro we, we spoke, we had a tongue and interpretation, came from the pulpit. And that was a comment that like, I don't think he's ever heard tongues. Well, glory to God, he has now. He got out of prison. He he's knows that there's a God that... <laughs> it was like, oh, this is a problem. No, this is the answer. He finally got to a place where he can hear and experience and be immersed in the things of God. But we look at it wrong. We look at it like, oh no, what, what are we going to do? And there is no what are we going to do. It's already been done. I'm telling you, I'm a hot rod. Are you a hot rod? You know what that means? That means the devil is afraid of me. Keith Moore says demons are afraid of me. Which, yay. Demons are afraid of me. What an attitude. What a stretch your stuff declaration. The devil is, oh, don't say that. You'll make him mad and he'll come over here and bother you. He's already full strength. If he could have killed you, he would have. Make no mistake, if he could have killed you, he would have. You are not, you are not, not on his radar. You and I are absolutely on his radar. Because you have Jesus at the forefront of your life. And he hates him and therefore he hates you. I, there's some people in, you know, my neighborhood, I'll say, or in my family that 
The devil pays no attention. They are on a self-destruct mode. They get up every day and flip this destruction mode on, and it just vibrates through their body all day long. They right? just start saying it and doing it and, and, and uh, you know, all that. He, leave them alone. But he's coming to River Church and to you, and he's bothering you. And if you'll be bothered, he will keep doing it until it doesn't work. You all know that's what we all do. We do something good until it doesn't work, and then we switch. Well, the devil does something bad until it doesn't work. Well, today's the day it doesn't work. The Word says to put a guard on your lips. We've got to put a guard on our lips until we can figure it out on the inside. We need to just not mention our problems, except to say, this is going down. Problem, you're going down. Don't have much money, you're going down. Have a lot of money but need more money? It's no problem. Amen. Romans chapter 8. Are we there? Let me get tied on here. Hallelujah. Sometimes you just preach yourself out of your suit here. Verse 30. Verse 30. I'll read this one. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, that word there means ordain. Don't get, don't get hokey over these words. Predestinate. That, some of us are going to heaven. Some of us are going to hell. Oh. The ones that are going to hell are the ones that said, I don't want to go to heaven. Them he also called, and whom he also called, excuse me, whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. He's setting up what he's fixing to say. He's, he's contexting what he's about to tell you, and what he's about to tell you is going to, be, going to be challenging to believe in its fullness. So he sets you up by saying, God's already chosen you. God's already put this out. God's already laid the track for this train to run. Listen, listen. Then he said, what then shall we say to these things? Read it with me. If God be for us, who can be against us? Let's read verse 32. He that spared not his own son. Are y'all reading with me? Let's read it again. He that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now, you need to have one of them, them little Sunday school stars, the gold one or the red one or the green one, and you need to have it pasted against verse 32 because that is your life. That is the answer to every problem. How will he not with him freely give us all things? That is the answer. Well, I don't know. I've been pretty bad back in my bad. Freely give you all things. If he gave Jesus for us to get saved, he gave Jesus for us to pay the light bill. Wow. Four things that I've come up with, and I want you to listen to them, and then we'll quit. Well, we won't quit right away, but we'll quit a little bit after that. First of all, we said that if you want to qualify, if you want to be qualified... To be a problem solver so that no matter what comes into your life, no matter what affronts you, whatever challenges you, like the devil in the garden, hath God said. Isn't that still the same thing the devil's saying? Greater is he that's in me than he's in the world, hath God said. Challenges everything that you believe that puts you on the victory side, that decimates him and puts him under, puts you, makes you the victor. He'll say, hath God said. He'll use a different word, a different way. But he'll, he'll tell you how it's impossible, how that can't happen. And besides, you're, not, you're, you're good, but you're not perfect. 
and, you know, all the sin and come short of the glory, you know, all that stuff. So number one, if you want to qualify yourself, you have to say, I believe God's word more than emotions, feelings, or traditions. You got to get there. You got to get there. I believe God's word. It doesn't matter if he said, uh, if he said that he'll, he'll give me exceeding abundantly more than I can ask or uh, think or imagine. It's in. That's what I believe. Now inside, you're, you know, you're, your heart's doing jumpy jacks and saying, how can we believe that? But if you keep pressing towards it, you'll, you'll, you'll change slowly but progressively. You'll change. If you say, ah, that's, that can't be true, must be a misprint, or that's hard saying some things in the Bible are misprints or whatever. You've got to give that up, and you've got to say it's in there. Number two, I have to accept that I'm refathered from above. I am a son of God. You have to accept that. You have to go, I got an attitude. My daddy's bigger than your daddy. <laughs> Remember that. My daddy can whoop your daddy. You, fought, you son of the devil. I, you, you problem maker. You, you thief. You whatever. I'm refathered from above. I'm not, a, I'm not illegitimate. I'm not adopted in or I'm not... Tra no, I am a son of God. I was refathered from above. Number three, you got to live without limits. You can't say I'm a son, but, you know, God got this dispensation and God doesn't do it and the church passed away and all those things. You got to say nothing's impossible. If God doesn't have it and I need it, he will create it for me. Amen. You got to have it's a tood. Y'all know what a tood is? <laughs> you got to get a tood. You got to get a chippy on your shoulder that says, bring it. Just bring it. Bring it, devil, world, situations. Bring it. I can handle it and more, and you will be sorry you brought it, but just bring it anyway so I can demonstrate it. I will hold steady to the word. I will, I will, the mind of Christ will navigate me through this situation. It is no problem for you to bring a problem. That's good. Y'all, that's good. I, I'll admit it. Number four, we have to say the name of Jesus is exactly as the person of Jesus. That when I speak his name, it's done. The scripture for that is in Philippians, it says, Wherefore God hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things under the earth. Y'all know that covers it all. <laughs> and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. That, that's the ultimate weapon. You're radioactive. You're, you're supernova. You're whatever the power is out there. You got it. And you pull, you pull his name out. You put him in your mouth, coming out of your heart. And you'll say, this thing, I'm calling this thing done in the name of Jesus. Now, my question to you this morning, because I've spent four weeks talking about these four things, is if you are all these four things, if you are all these four things, you, you, you believe God's word, you, the name of Jesus, you know you're refathered from above, you know that nothing's impossible, but you're still not making your faith work, 
I want to ask us this morning, what's missing? And so I'm going to ask you, what else, what have I missed here? Because I, I just examined and looked and plumbed the depths of what I could know. What else could be that keeps me from writing in the check that God says, ask what you will? Anybody got an idea? I'm, I'm actually asking. What is it that, what, Garland? Condemnation. Ma'am? Feeling inadequate. So, but part of that is the sonship thing. Part of that's the impossible thing. But yeah, that's right. That's right. So, what else? Anybody got something? I wrote down that just, just as a laundry list, in case y'all didn't give me anything, <laughs> I, and I wanted to preach longer, uh, that you care what people think. Could that be something that would keep you from stepping over and being boastful, like bring it? You care what people think, like, oh yeah, let's step back and watch this guy. He set himself on fire and we've come to watch him burn, so caring what people think. How many of y'all know that's got to go? It's got to go. Whatever it looks like, whatever it's hiding behind, whatever, whatever you would say, well, it's not that, it's this. Whatever the parent is, the kid looks just like it. And we gotta, it's got to go. What people think, you've got to be like, I don't care what people think. Uh, I put down that risk. We're afraid sometimes to step out there and get beyond our experience, our comfort zone, and take a risk because there's failure. There's possible failure. And we don't want to go too far. In other words, I want to be one of those 11 in the boat as we watch Peter walk on the water. But doggone, I wish I'd have got out when he did. I, I can't believe it. He worked. <laughs> so that, that would be it. Afraid, to, afraid of risk. Which that goes into, do you have a reputation? Well, I got a reputation. Really? I thought we were bought with a price. We're not our own. Not our own. Not our own. I don't have a reputation to guard. I don't, I don't have to keep anything. They think I'm a fool? Bring it. It doesn't matter. Unless you really are a fool. I put number three, uh, a willingness to live. Uh, this is the word I put in there. Willing to live on what you can scrounge for yourself without faith. In other words, you'll just, you'll just take the carnal route and, and hope for the best. That's what the world's doing. That's what religious is doing. Would that keep you from getting your prayers answered if you were ever willing to just take second or next? Absolutely. In other words, we talked about it not too long ago. We settled. Good enough. Good enough. And lastly, I'm just thinking of things that never released your faith for anything beyond the new birth. You're just one of those people that's just in the church, that's in, that's in the flow, it's in the group, and never have stepped out. I'm just, I believe, I believe, we can do this. Or, but never had to just step out and say, I'm on my own, I'm fixing to pull the trigger. That could keep people from qualifying, could it not? Because it's not us, it's me. And we are us together to help me, but it's me. I got I to gotta use my own faith for my own life.
So, we're going to work on it. We're going to work on it right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we decide, we choose to change this morning. I choose to change. I'm not happy with what I am, what I have turned into in light of what you've called me to be and to do and to have. It's good enough today, but it's not good enough for the call on our lives. So, Lord, right now, I give you permission. Lord, I, I request you help me change. Whatever's weak, whatever's a lie, an excuse in my life that keeps me from stepping out, whatever fearful thing I harbor, whatever, like was said, past thing in the past that disqualifies me, I, I didn't perform and therefore I'm not worthy. Lord, we, we just say I deal with that right now. No condemnation. Lord, I'll risk it all. I'll risk it all because the worst thing that can happen, Lord, if I risk it all and fail, is that I just get to get up, go do it again. I will just say, whoops, and go get it again. So, Lord, today I ask you at River Church and broadcast, we, we open our hearts and say, change me. I know only I can change me, but Lord, provoke me to love and good works. Provoke me. Bring hard things to my consciousness and let me see my weakness, my sin. I don't want to be a snowflake, Lord. I don't want to be the company of the snowflakes. And so, Lord, I expect you to honor my prayer this morning and that I will be changed beginning today. And I will go upward and forward in you. And Lord, I say thank you for solving all my problems. I thank you, Lord, they're all solved. There's just nothing here that's relevant to talk about. We're just going to go find the answer and apply it. And my problems are solved. Say it with me. My problems are solved. They've already been solved the same way the sin problem was solved, the same way the healing problem was solved, the sickness problem was solved. It's the same thing that solved the lack and shortage problem. Jesus solved our problem. So we give you praise, Lord. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. Amen. 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 Jesus is wonderful. He's just wonderful. I appreciate y'all letting me bring messages like this without running out the door wailing and crying. It's just, it's what we got to do. We all have to do it. I have to do it. You have to do it. We have to grow. I have to grow. I'm not there. I'm, I'm far from there, actually. And the more I think I am there, then I find out really how far I'm not. But no condemnation. We just say, giddy up, put on your big boy britches, and get on the horse and say, giddy up. Amen. Well, I bless you in the name of Jesus that there'd be a move of God in your life beginning now. A transformation in your mind, a stirring of your spirit, a boldness, a boldness that makes you a little obnoxious, a little, a little, they, they're skeptical of you. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for that, Lord. If we're not making somebody 
a little nervous. Lord, what have we got? So, Lord, we thank you right now for a, a boldness that makes people nervous until they get a hold of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yay, yay, yay.